Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was a kid, I didn't know it was Stewardship Sunday when I had this clear remembrance of coming forward for the children's chat and the pastor was in the middle of us. And all I remember is when you're seated on a floor as a kid and you look at, up at a pastor in a black robe, they seem like they're as tall as the sky. And this pastor did something I've never seen before or since. He took out all this change in his pocket and he said, I think we need to give this change back to God. And he took the change and he threw it up in the air and all of us looked up and he's like, let's see if God takes it. And of course the change came down and it was almost like children at a parade. We were ready to start going after all the change. And he said, wait, wait. God needs us to use our money here on earth so that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I've since come to learn more about money and about stewardship. Giving is the way that we can feel abundant. Giving is the way that we can fill ourselves up and money is an important part of our spiritual life and our response to our loving and generous creator when we ask ourselves, what is God calling me to do with the money that I have been given? Now there's certainly a lot that Jesus talks about money. And actually, it's the number one thing he talks about aside from the kingdom of heaven and there are over 2,000 references in the Bible connected to how we give our money. How interesting. Jesus used money to advance God's work in the world. Money is never meant to be an end of itself. Kind of like, you know, when you pay your bills and you're like, okay, done. That's not how money works in the church and in the life of a congregation. It's not a treasure to be stored away. We are good stewards when we use the resources that we have been given to build up God's kingdom right here on this little patch of land on West Chicago and Hubbard. So I've gone to a lot of conferences about money. And I have to say that for pastors overall and in general, the least thing they want to talk about is money to the congregation, right? There's all this fear. If I say too much about money, if I'm bold about money, people will get angry. If you only hear from us by letter into the stewardship season, that's really bad. We need to make sure we're taking care of people. And yet, while we are not too enthusiastic in general about preaching about money, here is this passage in Paul that Emma read to you. And suddenly at this conference that I was at, all that eye averting, averting and sudden interest in grabbing snacks from the snack table after this question was asked of all of us <clears throat> in the room. How many of you are excited 
about tithing. How many of you take the income that you receive from the church that you serve and you pledge? How many of you are willing to challenge yourself to give more and more, no matter what the circumstances are in your life? And how many of you can do that with gracious and generous hearts who can stand up in your pulpits and say, I love stewardship. Okay, I feel like I'm at one of those meetings. My name is Kelly, and I really love stewardship. <laughs> About five years ago, my buddy Joel over at St. Tim's said, hey, um, uh, we need a stewardship speaker, and we want you to come. And we're going to take you to this nice restaurant, and I need you to talk for 30 minutes about stewardship to our elders and deacons, and then come to church on Sunday and preach about stewardship. And I'm like, why did you ask me? And he goes, Kel, people know you love stewardship. <laughs> it's true. I confess. And it wasn't always that way. When I went to Allen Park as a newly ordained associate pastor, I literally looked and there were two job descriptions. There were two openings and on one of them was stewardship and I took the other job because I did not want to be in stewardship. And then when I came to Rosedale nine years later and I was talking to Rick Peters, I said, so who goes on the stewardship committee, me or you? And he said, well, the stewardship committee is good. Neither of us need to go on the stewardship committee. And after about a year, I felt really convicted. And I looked at him one day and I said, I think I want to go on stewardship. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> and 19 years later, I'm still the staff person with Kim Lubig on stewardship. And I'm convinced that instead of pastors running for the donut table at conferences about money, when money questions are asked of them, this is what a pastor should do. I'm all in. I am all in. Not only with the hours that I work, not only with great love for all of you, from the little ones who will come far after us to those I had the ultimate privilege of officiating at funerals and memorial services that have been stewardship for decades longer than I at this point in my life. I'm all in. And I believe that if you truly do give of your money and financial resources to the church, I believe that it's the wheels on the bus to ministry and mission. I don't believe that money is a necessary evil to having a church and to looking at a budget. And I, I do believe that if you only look at the budget and you read the line items, that is not very exciting at all. But here's what is. It's exciting to be a part of a church where members come up to you on a regular basis and say, hey, you know what? I think God's calling us to fill in the blank. Stephen Ministry is one example. 
if you look at the calendar and you look at the course of a month at any time of the year, you lay out all the programs and fellowships and the ministries, aside from the session committees that were set up, everything has been brought to us by people, largely by those of you in the congregation, some by staff who feel led to bring them because of the people that they serve in a particular area of the church. And I think it goes back to that scripture passage today, Paul appealing to the Corinthian church to follow the example of the Macedonians in giving sacrificially to a struggling Jerusalem church. So he's looking at one church and saying, hey, you have some resources that you could give to bless the struggling church. And this is what he says. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And if you look up the Greek, the word cheerful is actually the root word for hilarious. You are to be hilariously cheerful about handing over some of your hard-earned money and resources to the life and ministry of this church. Not a forced smile like, oh, it's Stewardship Sunday again. No, stewardship was never supposed to be about giving till it hurts. It's about giving until you giggle. <laughs> think, think, think about that. Give till you giggle. That's my new phrase for today. What do I mean? I cannot tell you the number of times consistently year after year that one of you will come to me and say, we're doing bad financially. Like I, I can't, I don't know if we can pay uh, the bill for the car. I, 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 we've already skipped the mortgage payment twice. I, I, I don't know what we're going to do. And I will tell you that literally within the week, one of you will come and all of a sudden someone says, you know, Hey, I got a bonus at work and, and I can give a thousand dollars. And I, I just feel like I should give it to you. Last year, we had a young couple who had a fire, young couple in their twenties, the entire place burned down to the ground. We started looking at resources. We had some COVID money. People just started sending in money. Some of you just, when COVID hit, you're like, I know there's people out there who are losing their job. And we began a COVID fund so that during COVID, if someone couldn't get the heat on or someone needed food for their table, we could withdraw this money that we never asked for from so many of you. And then this couple came and said, we, we, we need like $3,000. We, 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 we have to find a place to live. We just, that would be enough to kind of get some food on our table. And I'm like, $3,000, oh my gosh. We only had 2,000 that we could give. And I struggled and struggled. Do I start calling people? What do I do? What do I do? And lo and behold, Kurt Cave, the police chief of Livonia said, hey, um, can you come down to the police station tomorrow? I got something I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna give to you. And I'm like, sure. So I think it's something related to blessing bags or, and I show up <clears throat> and two other pastors show up that are the chaplains to the Livonia Police Department. And all of a sudden there's these gentlemen there and this is in the midst of COVID, right? So we're masked up and 
and there's these guys that I've never seen before, and they turn out to be the union of the police force. And Kirk Cade stands up and says, your three congregations have been so supportive of the Livonia Police Department that we decided to take $3,000, which is the money we would pay to do um, some things we normally do that we can't do in COVID. And we wanted to gift each of you with a check for $1,000. And the only stipulation is that it has to go to a family that needs something now that's in a state of emergency. I laughed out loud. I, I, it was like the money fell from the sky, but I know where that money came from. It came from Jesus, right? God loves a cheerful giver. How amazing is that? How hilarious when something amazing happens like that. There's story after story. It happens year after year where some amount, I once got $10 and I barely had it in my hand. And someone came up to me, a church member, and said they were short 10 bucks on their heating bill. And they were gonna go later that day and pay for it. They just needed 10 bucks. And I literally turned around and handed it to them. And they went and paid their bill with it. And I laughed. God loves a cheerful giver. Stewardship's not a chore. It's part of our discipleship. It's an investment. It's how we involve ourselves. It's how we invite people into the ministry. It's how to be inspired. We did an experiment some years ago. We had vacation Bible school. We've had a generous family support that ministry for a long time. And we decided one year we wouldn't even charge five bucks for that. This is years ago, back when Carol Johnson was our director of children's ministry. And the one year we didn't even charge five bucks, do you know what happened? It was the lowest attended year we ever had. Because when people don't invest with their time and their talent and their money, sometimes they don't show up. So what is God calling you to do with the money that you've been given, friends? Only you can answer that question. But I will tell you this, it is the most inspiring thing to have the opportunity to give to a community and a church like Rosedale, because Rosedale is the mission station that's all about helping others. We are all about inspiring others to share their faith stories, to give you all these opportunities to serve. We baptize babies and we take them down the aisle and we say, welcome to the family before they even understand what the church is all about. And we are inspired when we watch those same babies grow up on steps through children's chats and Sunday school and young adults and they get married and they start careers and we can say that we have a share in their lives. I'll pick on Emma today. She's a perfect example of that. We've been able to see Emma from day one. And now that Emma's a really old lady, she's <laughs> and she has a career and she has a family, look where Emma is. 
here in the church, committed with her giving of time, talent, and treasure. I believe that God can do amazing things with money. I know it to be true. I've experienced it. And I think what you need to know from your pastoral team of Bob, Kate, and myself, all of us give from our own income, which comes from you. All of us do that. And you need to know that because you can't, as a leader, ask people to give and invest all of who they are to a place without doing it yourself. So I'm all in. I'm all in to following Jesus. I'm all in to all of you and having a share in your stories. I'm all in knowing that I have tremendous memories from the past and I can imagine the incredible future that lies before us because when we put ourselves together, right, and take the next faithful step into the future, trusting that Jesus will lead us, there's no stopping us and there's nothing more inspiring to be a part of a church that is on fire for being disciples of Jesus Christ. So let me conclude with a prayer. Let us pray. Transforming Jesus through the offering of our gifts, may we become a more open people, open-minded in hearing your word and wisdom, open-hearted in healing a broken world, open-handed in heeding your call for charity and love. And with thanks for all good gifts that you give us, we commit ourselves to being all in. And we praise you for this opportunity to giggle while we give. Amen.